Hello and welcome to another edition of the Rams Writer Podcast with me, your host, the Rams Writer. A lot to cover tonight. Frank to Chelsea. Do Derby welcome Philip Koku, pre-season goalkeepers, and of course, question and answers from you guys. So a lot to talk about this week then. Frank Lampard has finally agreed to join Chelsea, and I think it's a three-year deal uh, where he's getting paid £4 million a year, so twice what he was getting paid when he was with Derby. Now, I know we all knew this was going to happen. Did we expect it so soon? Yes, no. I, for one, didn't think he'd go this soon. I've said this on many podcasts before. But at the end of the day, he's chosen to go. It's his dream. So all I can basically say to that is, is thank you, Frank, for your season that you gave us last season. Unfortunately, we fell short. But nevertheless, it was a good season Entertainment-wise, football-wise, bringing in youths, the connection with the fans—it was—it was absolutely fantastic for me. And I have seen a lot of people, you know, given you know, going piss off Frank, going off you go and all this. I'm not like that, you know. I, I, my opinion—I respect your opinion, but my opinion is why. I've said it before. At the end of the day, if if I was a manager and I was managing a different club, any club that's you know, maybe not in the, you know, no, i tell you what, yeah, if I was managing any club that wasn't in the Premier League, that was below Derby County, and Derby County said to me, will you be our manager, I would jump, because Derby County is my team, regardless, you know, and Frank in his interviews, he's thanked the fans, Mel Morris, he's thanked everybody, you know, and he said it was a tough decision for him, I believe him, um, but if he felt it was the right time for him to go and have a crack at Chelsea, then why not? You know, his family still lives in London, you know, his daughters, his wife. So I, I'm, I'm not going to begrudge him. You know, everything he did for his last season was, was fantastic. He set a marker down, you know. And um, I know a lot of us were annoyed about the silence from him, from Jody, from anybody else, whilst all the media, ex-players and stuff were, were spouting about is he coming? Is he going? That was another thing that obviously annoyed us was the uh, his birthday, which had will he stay or will he go in the background when he's on that having a party or whatever. I know it annoyed us, but you know Jody Morris on Instagram. Now he obviously obviously he is very active on social media. Frank's not really that active, um, but Jody Morris is. You know, and and a lot of fans were obviously talking to trying trying to get an answer out of Jody Morris. In my opinion, it was never going to happen, um, and as much as we would like to do it. However, I think Jody's goodbye today was, was, was fantastic, to be honest. What he put on Instagram, I'll just go over it um, just briefly. This last year, I've made some of the most amazing memories, experiences, some of the most euphoric feelings in my football career. The warmth in which City embraced us was evidence from day one and continued throughout our time in Darbados. You know, Darbados, he's, he's, you know, he's trying to, he obviously enjoyed it here. The fans, the fans' enthusiasm and love for this great football club was apparent whenever you walked in the city or jogged in Chaddy. You know, obviously, I'm, I've seen a couple of videos, pictures of him jogging around Chad. I'm so proud and privileged to have felt that from the, from the off, Mel Morris was quite simply a class act. And I'm not sure anybody yearns for success in D24 more. A true fan is passionate about his team. Then he goes on to thank um, a couple of the, the staff at the training ground, ground ground, um, and then the the bit that I was trying to get to was to the Rams out there. I hope you understand how much appreciated we appreciated your support. The silence of late, which some of you took as disrespect, was the complete opposite. We had no choice but to keep quiet while negotiations were ongoing. And would never want to mislead anybody. I hope you can see we have nothing but love and respect for this football club. I have had one year in Derby which was unbelievable. But I've had a lifetime of loving and, support and supporting the Chelsea. DCFC official will be the first results I look for. Always a Cockney Ram. There you go. So there was reason for the silence. Yeah, and I know it was tough. To to go through that, that period where no nothing was being said from the club. You know, I, despite what Mel Morris said about um, no approach from Chelsea, there was obviously something going off in the background 
you know, and it couldn't be discussed. And it is what it is. A lot, a lot happens that the media don't know about or we don't know about as fans um, in, in the background of, of football. That's just the way it is. It's, it's been like that for years and years and years. And I know now with social media, things can slip out, I suppose. But at the end of the day, there is things that have to say, stay quiet. Uh, and obviously that was one of them. So there was always going to be a reason behind the silence. Um, the silence was deafening, as they say. It definitely was. But I think I think Jody's cleared it up. And, you know, Jody, he 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 did, you know, seem like he loved of being down in Derby, you know, you, you see it from his Instagram posts and things like that. If you if you follow him on Instagram, etc., he did love this club, you know, and he really did enjoy it, and had a, and, a, and he did have a passion for this place. And we all loved watching his videos and, and you know and seeing his pictures. So you know, this is what I'm saying. I I won't begrudge them for having their dream move, and you know. To me, good luck at Chelsea. If it goes tits up, it goes tits up. If you know he's now obviously, I don't know if you've seen, but he's he's joint favourite to be the first to sack. And um, you know, but that's that's harsh. That's football. That's that's the way it is. But now, to me, good luck at Chelsea. Um, I hope you do have a good season. It's going to be a tough season, but I I generally do hope they do well and have a good crack at Premier League, Champions League, and I do hope Frank's in management for a long time. I mean, who knows? What one day, you know, he he could take over Gareth Southgate or someone else, and he he could potentially manage England. I'm sure that's now his goal. And obviously, not yet. You wouldn't have thought, but you know, in ten, fifteen years' time, maybe that that would be his goal to manage England one day. You know, so that's that. So Frank's gone. So Derby say welcome to Philip Koku. Now, obviously. I'm recording this now. Um, the time is seven minutes at uh, three minutes past seven. He's not been officially announced. However, there's been less media hype, etc. There's been a little bit. Obviously, we know that he's coming. Mel Morris has been on Talksport and pretty much said, "Yeah, he's flying over to America today, signed the contract, and the announcement will be made tonight." So he is going to be our next manager. Am I impressed by this? Yes, the guys won you know numerous titles, and you know people say, "Oh, it's only the Dutch league." No, it, no, it doesn't matter. Winning the titles, winning a title. At the end of the day, I had some Forest fan Marvin off saying his his team his manager were better because it, they took Ren from relegation fodder to fifth in the league, and they beat PSG away. Well, okay. So to me, how we put it, sounded like he beat they beat PSG away last year. No, it was the season before. Hello, <laughs> come on, is that your manager's claim to fame is beating PSG away from home and finishing fifth, Then, and you're laughing at Philip Koku. Now, Philip Koku, like I've said before on my last show, I went over all his stats and everything like that, you know, ex-Barcelona player, ex-Dutch international, ex-Dutch assistant manager, you know, runner-up in the World Cup, uh, three titles in four years, um, in the Eredivisie, a uh, couple of Dutch cups as well. They say that you know they're calling it a tin pot league. It's not a tin pot league, you know. But that's just the way. There's just no. There's not. There's just not millions and millions and millions of pounds like there's in the Premier League and another league and, and you know uh, the Liga etc. There's not, you know. So it's not a tin pot league. You've still got. To, you've still got to do a job. You've still got to win. 30 plus games a year to get the title now you know when Philip Koku did this he was um, doing it against an Ajax team that had a hell of a lot more budget than than PSV did and he did it by bringing through youth something that Mel Morris really wants and this is this is part of the reason why Mel Morris wanted him and I and Mel Morris wanted him because of he plays a similar style to what Frank was building at Derby he wants to play attacking football he wants to bring you through. You know, like I've said before, Philip Koku made Gigi Wijnaldum and he made Memphis Depay. He came through the youth at PSV, both them players did. And he made a profit of $100 million in transfers from youth players. This is how good this guy is. Has he done it in England? No. 
but you've got to give him a chance. Did he get fired from his last job? Yes. There was politics behind that. Also, there is Fenerbahce, a team like Fenerbahce in Turkey, uh, big team, big club. Um, they want a results like that. It didn't happen. Philip Koku is going to need time, you know, and that that's what he's going to need. And you know, and Derby fans will need may potentially need to be need to be patient with him. Um, so that's you know welcome. Hopefully, this this is going to be something totally different. You know, it's our first Dutch manager, and he's bringing his two Dutch assistants with him. So. Um, Mel, I mean, so if we go to it, then the, the he was Derby's number one target. Um, it's who they wanted because of who he is. There was never really, I don't think, any shout for Darren Moore, the Cowley brothers, Gary Monk, Chris Hewton. They didn't fit Mel Morris's bill, to be honest. There wasn't what he was looking for. This guy was whether Mel, whether Mel approached him or he approached Mel. We won't know. Um, well, not yet anyway. But he fitted the bill because of what he's done. So he's the first foreign manager that Derby have ever had. People I know have been screaming. I know you guys, I've seen it on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. I've seen you guys scream for a foreign, for, well, foreign manager. Not necessarily a foreign manager, but some sort of foreign influence. You know, we don't really look past Scotland for players, for instance. But this guy's got contact, surely, at Barcelona, PSV, maybe even Man City since he played with Guardiola, if you're going to look at English. But he's going to have contacts and he's going to know talent. You know, he has been working with the PSV um, Academy while he's been, while he's been, you know, since he got sacked from Fenerbahce. So he'll know what talent will be in there um, when it comes to bringing players in. I'm not really going to go through who any sort of transfers or anything like that because it's a different ball game now. Um, under Frank, we we thought, yeah, maybe we get to more about maybe Matt, maybe Wilson about again, and some others perhaps. You know, I look at. Uh, Greenwood at uh, at Man United. Maybe someone like him would come in under Frank. However, like I said, this guy is a different ball game now. It's a different kettle of fish. I expect us to have some maybe Dutch, Spanish players come to Derby this summer. Part of the reason of the stalling of the contract was because um, he wanted to know that he had a budget. He wanted to know what his budget was, whether he'd be given time. Because he didn't want to happen at Derby what happened at Fenerbahce he didn't want that um, so I, I do believe there's a there's, Mel's going to give him a budget wherever it's come from I don't know um, I know they were saying that you know they, they would be obviously looking at, at sticking with him, obviously FFP and, and, and being careful if you like but I, I think Mel might have found a budget obviously if you get him Four million plus for Lampard, Chris Jones, Jody Morris. They'll probably add another, you know, maybe a million or two on top of that. I think it's five million from Wembley. You know, uh, maybe maybe we'll have a couple of sales. You never know. Uh, Bra- um, yeah, Bradley Johnson. He's obviously um, possibly could be moving to Blackburn. That's been broken day. So th- there could be a bit of a kitty. So it's going to be interesting to see see what he does. To be honest, so definitely welcome to uh, welcome to Derby County, Philip Koku. I'm really looking forward to this season. Um, if he can produce some of the football he did when he was manager at PSV, then we could be in for a treat. You got to think of it this way: we all loved it when McLaren was here, Mark One, because the football he played was brilliant. He he managed in the same league, you know, he won the same trophy with FC20, playing a similar style of football. So, you've got to look at the players that we had. Under Cluffy, were they that good? No. Maybe not. They showed potential. Under McLaren, they were excellent. So, I'm hoping, and I I, I fairly will, be able to sort of bring that style of football back to to Derby County and, and, and really give it a good go. And he could be the man that gets us to the Premier League.
So I'll move on. <laughs> pre-season now. Obviously pre-season started. Um, the boys go to America today. They've they've left. They've gone today, like like we just stated. Um, some faces have been left behind. Uh, the likes of Bradley Johnson, which I said, um, Jacob Butterfield, Kachanya, um, and Nick Blackman. So they've not travelled, and uh, Wilson, uh, Wisdom, and Dwayne Holmes haven't travelled neither from the first team squad. There's a couple of lads I thought might travel. Maybe Carl McAllister, Louis Sibley. They've not got Max Bird. They've got none. They've not gone. Um, I'm not. I don't know why. Obviously, there's only so many they can take. Uh, you know, they, they have taken a couple. I think they've taken Mitchell. Law- I'm not looked properly. They've, I know they've taken Mitchell Lawson, uh, Buchanan, Zach Knight, um, and I can't remember who else off the top of my head. But it is in the Telegraph, the Derby and Telegraph. So you can have a look there. Um, but yeah, no. So they've taken a, a few, and they haven't. You know, I'm I'm assuming the wisdom and the Dwayne Holmes. I know they are both because of injury, so they've not gone for that. The interesting one, obviously, is is Bradley Johnson, who was in talks to sign a new contract, and now there's apparent interest from Blackburn. Um, I would. Maybe so. I would assume that's why he's staying. If he's if we are looking to to shift him on. Blackman, Butterfield, and yeah. No, uh, you know, like Butterfield and and Blackman definitely were obviously. They had their contracts renewed in December for a year. It was made apparent when the retain list came out that they wouldn't be here this season. So, it's just going to be a case of. I'm assuming what will happen is they'll wait till near the end of the transfer window. If they go, they go. If not, they'll be released from their contracts. So that's what it is. So yeah, pre-season, going to Florida um, today. Play a couple of games next week. Yeah, so yeah, pre-season is underway, started. And that's that's that. So there's not really much to cover on that on, on pre-season starting. Like I say, not, not a great deal has happened with pre-season. It's just pre-season. Obviously, they've got... They've got Bristol City um, in a pre-season friendly in America and an American side, which I have totally lost my notes and I cannot find the team for my life. Um, I think it's somewhere like Sacramento or something like that. I might be barking well up the wrong tree there, but no. So yeah, pre-season kicks off soon. I'm hoping again that, like they did last season, they'll have uh, some of the games on, on Rams TV. Because um, I, I I know the pre-season, but at the end of the day, football's football. We've not had, you know, well, we've had the Women's World Cup. I've been watching that, it's been brilliant, um, but yeah, it's not Derby, is it? <laughs> so moving on to the next topic of discussion then, um, this was something that was I was just chatting with a couple of people on Twitter about earlier on, uh, I'll give them a shout out, like I said, if you talk to me or anything like that, you make any comments, and I'll put them on here, I will give you a shout out as always, and that's uh, Dan N Dan N UK, uh, Mark the Ram 7, KJ Wood 7533, and DCFC SLLAYT 3R, so Slater, Kevin James Wood, Mark Stewart, and Daniel. So it, it was just a bit of a, a comment about who would be keeper next season. Would it be Carson? Would it be Roos? Or, or, or someone else? So personally, I, I'd, I'd still give Roos a shot. I think he did enough last season to. To, to 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 be within a shot of, of of taking that number one jersey uh, and being our first choice keeper, you know, he's just signed a new contract as well, um, so he did he did prove himself, you know, he did obviously, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go straight into Wembley, he proper dropped a bollock at Wembley, um, and I'm sure he'll know that, and the, the sad thing is obviously, when you're a goalkeeper, I can speak from experience being a goalkeeper myself. If you make a howler and it costs your team, you are in for some shit. That is just the way it is, unfortunately, as a goalkeeper. Um, and he's had that. And he wasn't everyone's cup of tea, or isn't everyone's cup of tea. But I, I like the guy. I think he's a good goalkeeper. You know, he's big, he's agile. 
he's he's improved since joining to since getting to the the first team squad. Um, he he got obviously start against Southampton. I think he played a pretty decent game against Southampton. Um, and obviously kept his spot. And people forget how good he was against people like Bristol City in the away game. That was massively important for our playoff hopes. And he was phenomenal. That kept a clean sheet. Made some absolute blinding saves. I can't remember how many shots he saved. I know it was, you know, well into double figures. And obviously that helped us, you know, we won the game 2-0. Um, so I, I know he dropped a bollock. And, you know, yeah, fair enough scrutinise him a bit. But, you know, you've got to get behind the players. Because otherwise you're going to have a situation like, you know, Richard Keogh, he's another one. He, he made a mistake at Wembley. And anything that goes wrong, you know, there's, there's a joke. Oh, it was Keo's fault. Get behind the players. Come on. These these are the players that play for us. These are our players. And, you know, giving them shit isn't going to help them. You know, we, we want to give them support. You know, like I say, Ruse, apart from that mistake at Wembley, um, he's been, I think, he's been terrific in goal. Bearing in mind, he's only really come into the frame and got regular starts this season. He's been with us for a while now and but he's only ever been on loan. So for him this is a massive step up. We've got to remember that. It's a big step up. He's still what, 26, 27? He's still quite young considering for a goalkeeper anyway. Um so I I definitely think that, you know, he's he doesn't really deserve the stick he's 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 been getting. You know, it's done with now. Yes, he should have wiped everyone out in the box and claimed the cross rather than dropping it on McGinn's head. That's the first thing the teacher really when you are a goalkeeper is if you're coming for a cross, cross, own that space, own that area. Don't worry about your own players, any other players. You win that ball at all costs. And the way you know goalkeepers are protected nowadays, um, he probably would have got if it if he'd gone for the ball and tried to catch it. Wiped everyone out, fell on his ass, rolled around a bit. He probably would have got a free kick anyway. So, but that that's something he's going to learn. He 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 did look nervous at Wembley, and I think that's all it was. It was just nerves that got to him. Nothing else, just nerves. And I, I do see a good goalkeeper in him. Um, you know, he's not he's not one for coming out and catching crosses. He's one for coming out and punching them. But he's got a good punch on him. He does get some distance on 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 clearances of crosses when when he does punch him away. You know, we saw. We, I, I. That's one thing I did see about him. He does come for more crosses. Whereas Scott Carson, obviously phenomenal for us two seasons ago, under Gary Rowett, um, couldn't fault him. You know, he was absolutely awesome. You know, he he single handedly got us points in games. You know, just by some of the saves he pulled off, but. I didn't see that Scott Carson last season. I, I, I saw a totally different Scott Carson. Now, I know he had a lot of you know, stuff in his personal life going off with being burgled. And there was obviously, you know, I know there was obviously a bit of a tussle in the street with the so-called Derby fans, you know, giving him shit and whatnot. But come on, Derby fans, you know, we're better than that. Let's grow up a bit. You know, it's one of your players. You've got to get behind them. Not get on the back or give them stick, especially when they're out having a good time with the, you know with the family and whatnot. There's, there's no need for it. But hey, that that's happened. It's been and done. But that for me, that definitely did knock his confidence. Um, especially that I think, especially the burglar, because I think he got burgled twice in a short space of time, and the second one definitely knocked his confidence. And he just didn't seem to want to own his area. You know, you'd see crosses coming in, and you think, why has he not gone for that? You know, or at least made an effort to go for it. You know, so if he's got his confidence back, and yeah, fair enough, then I think him and Ruse will be giving out some good competition um, to own that number one jersey this season. Um, so yeah, that that's my thoughts on our two keepers at the moment. Um, now, the conversation I had with these guys was, um, who or would you bring somebody else in? So who? Joe Hart was a name that's brought up. Yeah, I bring him in. Definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt, I bring him in. I don't know if you guys agree with me. You know, like I say, once you listen to this, drop me a comment, Twitter, Facebook, I'm even on Instagram now. Drop me a comment. Say if you agree with me or if you tell me, you can tell me to piss off, say you're talking shit. I don't mind. <laughs> Either way. Um, so, 
Yeah, Joe Hart. Yeah, they're 32 years. And he's a free agent. He's free. Burnley, Burnley don't want him. He's fallen out of favour. You know, Pope and Heaton. He's, you know, his third choice. So if he wants to carry on his career and he doesn't mind dropping down the championship, yes, he will have to get a bit of a wage drop with how the club is at the moment. But Derby are a club that are aspiring to be in the Premier League. So I I definitely would take a chance on him. Um, I think as a top keeper, I think, I know he's had a bit of bad bad press over the last couple of years, but I, I personally think that was down to being dropped from Man City. You know, he was he was number one at Man City for a good three, four, five years. And then obviously, he, I mean, even when he went on loan to Torino, he, he was, you know, he got some good press over there. Uh, he was doing well for him. Then, obviously, he's gone to Burnley and it's not really worked out. So, it is what it is. It, it happens as you, you know, sometimes. You've got to think goalkeeper, you, 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 you're trying to go for one spot and the three of you going for one spot. It's, it's tough. You know, really tough. Um, he fell out of favour of England as well. So all that that happened, obviously being dropped from City, being dropped from the England squad, I, I just think, it, you know, down in his confidence, I just think he needs a club that can nurture him again um, and give him that confidence back because you don't stop becoming a, a top-class keeper overnight because let's, let's face it, he was England's number one, he was world-class. You know, for me, his shot-stopping ability is, is there with... I think you know he's he's there with like the likes of Buffon and Neuer with his shot stopping ability. Um, crosses again. He's he's someone that likes to punch. You know, you know, and he's not one of these keepers that likes to use his feet. Obviously, that's why you know Pep. I think that's probably why Pep bought obviously Edison in because he was there, can use his feet, etc. Um, and I think that's way forward. But we don't necessarily have to use that this season. You know. So, again, it's the same with Ruse and Carson. Carson was useless with his feet. That's what Frank Lampard wanted last season. Just his keepers to be able to be good with their feet. Ruse is. Ruse isn't too bad. You know, I remember, I can't remember who was against that, but I remember him running, you know, about a good 20, 30 yards to go and make a slide tackle. Yeah, that's confidence for you. That, that's something you like in your keeper that does that. I, I don't mind that if they're going to win that. But again, he wasn't scared to have the ball at his feet. You know, so... So yeah, Joe Hart for me, I I I wouldn't say no. Obviously, again, it depends on wages, etc., things like that. But I I wouldn't say no to Joe Hart if you, if if Derby were interested in him. But like I say, let me know your thoughts. You know, another keeper that came up was uh, Fraser Forster, Southampton keeper. Again, it's sort of fallen out of favour a bit of Southampton, um, and I think obviously they're looking to progress and not be cannon fodder or, you know, be fighting relegation like they were last season. But he's he's another one. Again, still youngish, thirty one years, so slightly younger than Joe. The only problem is his he's contracted till two thousand and twenty two. So it would cost and again his wages would be another you know, sticking point. I think he's on something like seventy K a week. Um yeah, no, we can't afford that. Um, essentially, but so he'd have to take a huge pay cut. So I just can't see that one happening. As much as I would love for something like that, I just can't see that. But again, he's another keeper that you know he's top quality, and I wouldn't say no to him at Derby. So yeah, so there's there's the the goalkeeper conundrum. Um, it, you know who who do you do you have? Is it Scott Carson? Is it Ruse? Or is it a another? Do we look at you know look at another keeper? The way, but like I say, it depends on the manager and how he wants to play, how he wants to keep it. Does he just want a goalkeeper, someone that's there to stop shots, claim crosses, own his area, or does he want someone who wants to play out from the back? You know, be a bit of a sweeper keeper, as they like to call it. I don't know. So obviously, that's that's highly dependent on that. But for me, if we're going to stick with Carson Ruse, I think Ruse has done enough last season to get that starting spot, regardless of what happened at Wembley. You gotta let it go. I've let it go. It's happened. He's made a mistake. You know that. That to me was just nerves. If we're gonna get another one, yep, Joe Hart for me, I think would be a very good replacement. Um, so let me know. Let let, let get involved. Let me know what you think. Um, if you think it'd be Joe Hart or or someone else, someone I've not mentioned, 
someone I might have forgotten. There's that many keepers out there, players out there. It's you know they, they go missing that every now and again, don't they? So, so let me know. That'd be good. Right. So obviously, um, I tweeted out saying I'd love you guys to get involved, um, and I meant it. Uh, so this is now basically where I'll go through some questions that people have asked online. I'll give them a shout out, and I'll obviously try and answer the questions. Um, so first of all, I got asked on Instagram the other night, uh, by a guy called Owen underscore Newham. It's a pretty good question, actually. It says, it says, do you think Koku will have enough time and money given he joins within the next couple of days to build a team that suits him? And also with our situation of FFP, do you think we'll be spending much this season and possibly try to make some big signings for automatic if Mobley's Koku has what it takes to do it. Cracking question, Owen. Um, so, do I think we'll have enough money and time? Mel's, Mel Morris, for me, is not into sacking managers anymore. You know, it, it's cost him. It cost him to sack McLaren, it's cost him to sack Pearson, it's cost him to sack Clement. He's not into that anymore. Um, obviously, Gary Rout walked, and Frank Lampard's walked as well. So, I personally believe that no... Uh, sorry that yeah we he will be given enough time regarding money like like I've stated previously I I think Mel possibly will have a budget there is rumors of, of well it's not rumors as such but obviously we all know he wants to invest so maybe that may I, I might be looking into it too deep but personally I think that there's an investor around the corner I think maybe he's found someone that's willing to invest in the club. And he's he's basically said to Philip, look, this is your budget. We've got we 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 have got money to give you. So for me, I think I think Cocky would will, will definitely be given time and money from Mel, um, to build a team that suits him. You know, he's gonna want. Uh, to me, I can't see him wanting a lot of the old guard. Obviously, we just brought in Graham Shinney on a free. So, it's, but in fairness, it's a clean slate for him. He came in with Lampard. You know, Lampard brought him in. So, he's gone from Lampard to Philip Koku. You know, it's, it's, it is an upgrade. Essentially, if you look at his honours and his experience of managers, it is an, and his experience of management, it is an upgrade. So, yeah, personally, I, I think he will be given enough time. And I think he can develop the team. He will obviously need to buy players because our midfield is short. You know, like I said, you know, losing Bryson, Mount, um, possibly losing Johnson as well. We are going to be short in midfield. So yeah, um, and also with and like I say with uh, and also with our situation with FFP, do you think we'll be spending much this season? Postulates makes a big sign for Matic. So, like I've just said, uh, will we be spending? I I like that question. You know, what you're basically saying is then Owen is will we risk or will we take a gamble to try and get automatic? So. As I've stated, obviously, I do think there's an investment lined up potentially with Mel Morris. This is just my personal opinion. I don't know anything factual-wise on this. But obviously, there was, you know, Koku did want, um, you know, he did want reassurances, if you like, from Mel. I think it was regarding budget, regarding if it'd be given time, things like that. So yeah, I, I think we will. He will obviously look at giving him a giving him money, uh, giving him money to buy some, you know, some 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 big players. Like I said, at the moment, I I wouldn't. I, I to me, I couldn't name any um, that he could possibly buy without looking in in depth. I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head right now that that. Um, would would fit how he wants to play because at this moment in time I know he likes to play a four three three but you know it's one of them at the moment but yeah I like I say I think he will be he would definitely be given time definitely be given a budget um and possibly you know there'll be investment in the club so next question then comes from at FTBL Marriott do I think players like Martin and Thorne have futures at Derby County I'm going to include Anya on that list as well. So, I'm going to say maybe. T- 
to me, I don't think Anya does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna totally say no. Um, he's been sat on his ass for the past two years doing nothing. Nothing. He's not looked for another club, even though he's obviously not been in his plans. You know, he's on massive wages, um, and he's been sat there doing nothing. You know, he's thirty. He's, I think he's thirty-one now as well, um, and he's basically sort of. Wasted the last two or three years of his career at Derby County. Why would you want to do that as a footballer? Oh yeah, because you're earning a massive paycheck. So no, to me, Anya can can go. To be honest, um, I'm not bothered. Martin and Thorne. Had Lampard still been in charge, I would have said no because he obviously loaned them both out last year. Um, however, with Koku coming in, potentially they do. Thorne. I would have thought so more than Martin. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm gonna say yes for Thorne. I, I think I know there's a lot of love and there's a lot of like oh George Horn and I've you know just looking at his preseason pictures. He I know he didn't play much last season for Luton. I think he made something like three appearances off the bench. But I know I've you know just seeing pictures from preseason of him and he's looking trim. Is he fit? Can he stay fit? That's another question. Like, again, we've got uh, Graham Shinney that's come in, plays in a similar role. Um, could George Thorne still be put in that uh, defensive midfielder role? Potentially. They've got... We all know what he's capable of. We all know that inside there is, is a decent player and he's still you know youngish. He's still in his 20s. And so I still do think he has... He could have a part to play. Martin, you know, I, I love Martin. You know, he, the way he used to bang goals in fours, you know, for under McLaren, under Clement. Um, but I just don't know anymore with him. He, he's he been out on loan twice now. He's not really performed. We did all right with Fulham. Not that, you know, apart from after he had that bit of a, you know, a bit of a, bit of a nod because uh, McLaren wanted him back at Derby and Fulham won't let him. Um, but apart from apart from that whole last season, he didn't do a great deal. He didn't make many starts. A lot of his appearance from the bench. So, but he's gone pre-season. Same with George Thorne. They've both gone to America. So they they've still obviously can shine. You know, you know, you got to look. Martin's got Waggon and Marriott in front of them. Definitely, he could be a bench player. You know, someone to calm things down. Maybe you know, bringing a you know, if you want a lump balls forward, let him control it at his feet. We know he's good at that. We know he's got a good torture, he's got a good eye for a pass, and he can we used to be able to finish. Hopefully he still can. You know, that that's why Waghorn, I think, was brought in by Lampard was because he wanted a, a striker that could hold the ball up, and Marriott's bought him because he wanted a striker that can run off the shoulders. Marriott for me is obviously is for me our best striker. You know, fourteen goals and limited appearances last season. He was definitely our best striker, bar none. But you know, so Martin to me, he could be playing. You know, he he could still have a go on the bench, or like I said, we we cock you now. We bring in fresh faces, and he he will not be on. You know, he he could be on his way. So again, it's a tough call out, but for me, Thorn, yes, he's still he's still got a place, and and Martin probably not. Next question then is from at Cov Ram C O V Ram. Will fans be patient? Well, Cov Ram, you tell me. <laughs> we've got to be patient. In fairness, Cov Ram, we've got to be patient. Um, it's a new manager, first time in England. We were patient with Frank. Uh, I believe we were very patient with Frank. Was it because of his status as a footballer? I don't know. Or was it because we could see something happening? You know, we we could see what we were trying to achieve. Um, so yeah, I'm personally I'll be patient with him with 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 Koku. You know, I know Fenerbahce weren't. I know Crystal Palace weren't with Frank de Boer when he went over there. It was a different story. Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer was touted as the you know next up and coming manager from Holland. Failed at Palace, but Palace didn't exactly improve when he left. It, you know, it still took a while. So yeah, no, we've got to give him time. End of. Um, as fans, 
and as I mentioned before, as as Mel Morris, he's not a second manager anymore by 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 the looks of things. He doesn't he doesn't want to. Um. So no, we we've got to be patient as as fans. We've got to be patient. Definitely, he's again. You could say it's another transitional season, which it was for Lampard last season. Yeah, he got us to to Wembley. So. And that you know that that went down to the final couple of you know final game of the season West Brom. It went down to that. So we have got to start being more patient as a fan base. Yes, there's going to be games where we are poor. Uh, we're going to make individual errors. Potentially cost games. That's football. So, and I get I get the criticism that you know you want to give out and everything like that. I get that. Um, because you just want to win. You want to win every game, but no team wins every game. It's just impossible, or near enough impossible. So, he's, he's got to be given time to adapt his style, to adapt his squad, you know, and, and we, as, we as fans have got to get behind him. We've got to get behind him and his coaching staff, get behind him and the players, you know, as we as we did last season, you know, we we can't we can't just go. Oh no, he's, he's useless. We, you know, expect a bad run run of form at some point in the season, namely February, because that's normally what happens with us. But expect expect it because it's coming at some point in 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 next season. We will have a bad run of form because every team goes through that. But it's how you get over that. If you've not won in three games. Get a draw. Like if you say if you've lost three games on a trot, go try and get a draw. Be happy with a draw, right? Let's build on that draw. Let's get a win. You know, so fans, you've got we've got to be patient as a fan base. You know, it, we we can't be calling for his head because he's lost three games on the trot. Can't. At the end of the day, the players are the ones that put the performances on the pitch. If they're not putting the performances on the pitch, sometimes they've got to be questioned. Obviously, that's the manager's job to do that. You know, and and like I say, individuals will you know have bad days, but they'll also have cracking days. You'll be behind them, you know, when when they're having a cracking day. So let's get behind them when you know. At the end of the day, if you're if your morale's down, what what's what's going to pick you up? It's not going to be somebody getting on your back. It's going to be somebody encouraging encouraging you, wanting you to play better. So that that that's what we've got to do, and I think that's what we've got to do as a fan base. You know, well, no, saying I'm, I'm not. Majority of fans, they get bad days at the office. They get bad performances, individually. But some, some, you know, like I said, like I said before, some people are still on Keo because of what he did six years ago, seven years ago. That mistake. It's done with. He that man puts his heart. On the line, his body on the line. He gives his heart, his soul, for this club. And you know he does make errors, but everyone makes mistakes. It's football. Unfortunately for for Keo, a lot of them you know generally tend to cost us. But there's ninety minutes in a match. One error, one goal, can cost the match. Unfortunately. But then you've got to look, could there have been chances that we could have put the game to bed or we could have scored ourselves? You know, so you've got to look at it that way. So, like I said, yes, do I think fans will be patient? I don't know. But I think they will. I think, I think we're, we're, we need to look at this as, as, a, as, as a fan base, as how we're feeling when we found out that Cocker would be our manager. And that was, that was buzzing, that was excitement. You know, so we've got to be patient. And I, I think we will. I, I think we will now. You know, we didn't really get on Lampard's back much. Maybe there was a couple of corners for his head in February, but, you know, that's whatever. So, but no, I think we will. Uh, Kovram, I think we'll get on. We'll, we'll give him time, give him and be patient. So, yeah, good question. So, final question then is from Rick underscore JP1884. Right, so this is quite a long question. Um, it's fine, it's a detailed question. It's not just a one answer. So, the question is, do you think that the protracted negotiations between Derby and Chelsea for Frank 
will have an effect on our pre-season or plenty of time for Cocky to identify, bring in players and start to get his identity stamped on our playing style? That is a fantastic question, Rick. So, we know the negotiations went on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. For you know, literally straight from after the playoffs, <laughs> that's when the news came out. Pretty much, Sarri's going. Frank Lampard to be Chelsea's next manager. We all were like, right, Sky, Sun, Mirror, Daily Mail. You're talking out your asses. What you're on about? He's, you know, he's not said anything. Um, and it's been dragged out for four weeks. You know, I think it was. Oof, when was it? was it? It's nine days. Is it nine? Seven days? Nine days since. Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine days since since Mel Morris put a statement saying we were going to give. Is it no? When did when did he say he wanted to give talks? Now. It's been a while. It must have been. Yeah, and I think it has been nine days since he gave talks, since he agreed to let Chelsea have talks with Frank. It's just taken that long. Yeah, it's been over a week. It definitely has been over a week because Mel Morris was on about it last Tuesday on TalkSport. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's been over a week. <laughs> oh, dear me. I've had a bit of a mare there. Sorry about that, guys. So, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, it has been dragged on for ages and ages and ages. Um, yeah, we've managed to sort of... and Well... Um, get Philip Cocker within about three or four days. <laughs> So, now Mel Morris is, you know, the negotiations took so long because Frank was on holiday. Mel Morris hasn't got any bad feelings towards Frank. You know, he says he deserved his holiday. You know, he didn't need to come out and say anything. He was on holiday. Um, so, he's not got any, any hard feelings towards Frank. Um, so, yeah, so we look to have had this deal done in four days. Now, I personally believe that uh, the deal... Oh, there was talks, like I said before, I, I, ple- I believe there was talks beforehand with Frank. Obviously, there was talks between Frank and Mel, etc. So, there's, there's probably been talks with Philip and, and Mel as well, before all this. Uh, well, while, whilst this has been going on in the background. So to convince a guy in, th- in four days is, is pretty, you know, genius stuff there, really. So... I don't think it'll have a negative effect on the preseason. I know for a fact Mel had conversations on uh, Wednesday with the no, sorry, I'm lying. Tuesday with the players, he had them. He he had a conversation with them on their own, just him and the players. So I believe something was said there. So I don't. I think he's been upfront with the players. He's, you know, he, he's told them what the situation is, what's going on. So, I don't think it's going to affect pre-season. At the end of the day, he's, this week at pre-season has just been a bit of running around, kicking a few balls about, stretching, fitness, uh, tests, medical tests, all that usual boring bollocks that they do every year. Um so obviously Frank wouldn't have been there Monday. He wasn't there. He, they, they gave him the day, day. You know they gave it Monday, Tuesday after sort out the negotiations. Um, so I don't think it's disrupted it much because he wouldn't. They wouldn't have been doing much else apart from preparing for going to America because that, that's where it is. In the day. you know their preseason camps in America, Florida. So. I don't think it's going to disrupt it that much. Now I know obviously we're looking. You see. Um, other teams around us, Leeds, Bristol, things like that, they're buying players at the moment. If I look back to last season, Derby didn't buy a player to the 17th of July. So we've got two weeks yet <laughs> to beat that record. Um, so I, I, I do think it's plenty of time. Now, there's no way he is going to come to Derby with four weeks, five weeks to the opening day of the season. Not knowing potential targets that he would want to sign. This is what makes me think, you know, we have been talking with him longer than we are letting on. Um, because he would, you know, as any manager would, they want to get to know the squad, know what the squad's about, etc. Things like that. So, it's it's one of them. Uh, I do believe we he has he has got plenty of time. He'll have transfer targets in mind that he wants to get. 
and I reckon this is part of the reason why he's been talking to Mel. Well, it's it's, it's been his agent I know we've been in contact with, um, and his agent's been telling Mel he wants reassurances. So I believe he's got ideas of players he wants in in mind. Um, so I do think there's plenty of time to get his identity stamped on our playing style. At the end of the day, he, you know, Mel, like Mel Morris said himself, his playing style is not too far off from what Frank was trying to do. I think his defensive style is a little better. Obviously, Frank wanted to go full balls and just press, 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 press. Um, Koku's is not um, as as much like that. I think he's more of a he'll wait till he he waits to the right time to press. So rather than pressing from the front, he'll get people back in shape. And then they'll get two or three players going at one player pressing. So and they look to break on the character, which makes sense in a way. If you can push their teams forward. So, you know, we see it we see it a lot um when people come to Pride Park. They like to sit everyone back and then they'll lump a long ball. Um if they win the ball back, first one to chase. So he sort of adapted that style where he'll sit back a bit, then he'll press with three or four players, try and win the ball back and break on the counter-attack and create two-on-ones, three-on-twos. That's his style of... That, that, that's his sort of style of defending. But obviously, that's when he was at PSV. You know, it was a couple of years ago now. So, again, coaches develop. The coaches adapt. You know, that's what they do. They, they want to get better, want to improve. So we'll see. I I I agree. Well, any any new manager coming in, they have a pre season, but then they don't normally settle in to the first. You know, at least till September's out out of the way. You know that that's been it's been the same with any manager. Derby don't normally have the quickest of starts, to be honest. You know, October's normally our you know when we start kicking on and everything starts to gel. So I think I think we'll be just fine regardless in times and things like that. But that's that's a that's a great question. Thank you for that, Rick. So that's that's all the questions. Um, the last thing is, is just uh, obviously I I said you can ask me questions on Twitter on Instagram by messaging me. Um, this is just a comment uh, from a listener. It's from uh, from Andy Taylor. There is a link in my uh, pinned a pinned tweet on my Twitter profile. If you click that link, you can send me a message. So you can either send me. Um, a a question, or you can comment. You know, give me your feelings on the show, etc. And and I'll feature it on the show. Um, and that that that's what I'm gonna do now. So thank you very much, Andy, for your for your comment. Really appreciate it. I'll let the listeners have a listen to what you got to say. Hello there, uh, Andy Buckley Taylor here, Book Taylor sixty four on Twitter. Um, just like to say, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy uh, your little blasts and uh, your your comments and opinion on your show, and uh, I shall continue to listen in. Thank you very much for your comments, Andy. Really appreciate that. Thank you for the questions um, from Football Marriott, Covram, Rick JP eighteen eighty four. And Owen Newman, really appreciate that, guys. Like I say, I want to get you guys involved. It's not just about me. It's about you as well, my listeners. So thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Come on, Derby.